0: Hello, welcome to our second episode of DLR. Yeah. Again, if you don't remember, I am Larissa. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Dale. And we are DLR. Okay. DLR. <laughs> so today's episode, we will be talking about the mental effects of, um, of performative violence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we will be starting our segment off. With drum roll please. With a jackass. Okay, so with jackass, most of the stuff they did led to the addiction of multiple of their members. Um, one that's most famous, we all know Steve O, oh, and how he has kind of a do all policy. Um, some people who, since we talked about the first jackass, let's talk about Chris Rab who said that after doing the movie, his coke and alcohol addictions were so bad that he ended up considering suicide and had to leave for the first Jackass movie. Um, With Jackass, there seems to be kind of a stigma with... Well, there is a stigma (laughs) where all of them, you know, they
1: kind of go crazy. It feels like it's almost creating, like, an environment where... I mean, it is, you know, if you're not doing those kind of things, then you're kind of left out. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing is that a lot of the actions that they were doing, a lot of the stunts um, that would cause injury, um, Rob says, um, oh, you can just take a pill for that, and then you justify it's a painkiller, you need it, and then you need another painkiller, and then you need another, because of the, the stunts that you're doing. Um, so it just really puts them in a, in a vulnerable situation, you know, that they put themselves in, which is really weird.
0: Because they're putting their body through, like, a lot of pain, and typically once you start with, like, justifying drugs like that, it keeps going on to worse drugs. Mm-hmm. So that's how a lot of people ended up. I know that Steve-O had said once in an interview that his coke addiction had gotten so bad where um, he was at his dealer's house or something, I don't know. But his dealer's blood had contaminated the yeah, coke. I one
1: too. And
0: yeah. it was HIV positive. Oh, God. But he was so <laughs> down bad that, like, he snorted it yeah. anyway. And luckily he didn't contract the virus, but, like...
1: That's crazy. Yeah.
0: And they had said that there was a point in time where he had sent out some sort of email where he was saying, like, he was hinting at suicide. Yeah, steve as well. Yeah, and then Knoxville had to grab ten guys, and they basically told him, A, hey, if you're not going willingly, like, we're going to knock you out. Yeah. We're going to go.
1: Um Another thing I found on Jackass was that it's almost like they're kind of competing for time on the screen, and the more violent it seems to be, or uncomfortable it makes them, the more memorable it becomes. Memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, what do y'all think about that? You know, violence as being something memorable you
0: know i mean people you really only remember the ones that make you the most uncomfortable Mm -hmm, exactly like definitely one of the ones that stuck out the most from the first movie was the paper cuts yeah (laughs) because that's really one that makes you squeamish yeah um i would say the um the butterball scene too that was really memorable because johnny knoxville he walked away with that big gash on his head and had to go to the hospital but it's just it's weird to see them like after all of these happen to him like he's sitting in the car and they're like how do you feel and he's just sitting there laughing
2: yeah like, it's almost like like a desensitization to something like that like kind of like lack of like self-awareness yeah. that kind of mm-hmm. come like with violence sometimes and just like depending on like how you portray it and i think it's like that self awareness, like the lack of self awareness just comes from like the want for screen time so it's like pushing yeah. yourself like past these points that you don't even realize like you're gonna kill yourself at some point or like you're gonna, you know, end up like in some form of state where you can't do this anymore. It's like, do you then regret it? Or do you go like, well, it was worth it because, you know, I got the screen time or I got like Mm -hmm. the recognition and like whatnot
0: from doing stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Because there was that one where, what was the one where Steve-O refused to do it and then Ryan ended up
1: doing Um, it? When they put a car up his ass. Yeah. Um... I mean, I have no idea how they got it out. I mean, well, he had put it in the condom,
0: so I think he made it so where like he can,
1: yeah, he pull it out. Do that, but they um,
0: mutilate themselves for entertainment, essentially. Yeah.
1: And I mean, it's really interesting that, to think about it in that way. You know, watching it and seeing them hurt themselves, you know, and knowing in real life that these. this did have real consequences on the people, Mm -hmm. um, puts it in like kind of a surreal like you don't want to believe it, you know, Mm -hmm. you want to think that it's that it's actually fake, you know, and not real. Um, Which is kind of different to, um, we talked about Mondo movies um, Mm -hmm. the other day in class, um, like these kind of shockumentaries, Mm -hmm. I don't think this is anywhere near that, but um, there was one movie uh, that we talked about um, where it was advertised as being a shockumentary and people were really upset whenever they found out that it was actually all faked, you know? Um, So, I mean, imagine if that came out with Jackass, you know, if Mm -hmm. all the stunts in Jackass were fake, you know, they probably wouldn't have gotten the sequels um, or any kind of that stuff. Mm I think the thing that sets
0: Jack that has set Jackass like apart from the rest since the beginning was that you see like they show you the consequences of their actions, mm-hmm. like with the whole golf cart incident where they're immediately like "Don't move him! Don't move him!" Like mm-hmm. this is real life. Yeah. Um, and they've all been like very vocal. Steve O, you know, he's mm-hmm. obviously been very vocal. Um, we all know what happened with Ryan Dunn mm-hmm. with the drunk driving accident and even now with jackass forever you know they all had to do they had to go through various sobriety tests they had to do pee tests all of that breathalyzers to even be on set and bam margera i, th- I don't even know if their lawsuit went through yet i think they already did go through with their lawsuit mm-hmm. where he sued them basically kind of like his best friends mm-hmm. because they wouldn't let him back on because he couldn't comply yeah he kept drinking
1: I mean, it's an interesting kind of cultural shift as well, you know, because back whenever the first one was made in 2020 or 2002, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were doing all those things. And when does Jackass forever come out? In 2022, Mm -hmm. 20 years later, you
0: know, now. They've been working on that since like before the shutdown. They started it before shutdown Mm -hmm. and they worked on it during Mm -hmm. COVID.
1: Yeah, so I guess I mean also the fact that they that they are real people and they have aged also could play a part into that um, you know recognizing that they can't keep doing that same shit um, mm-hmm. or it will lead to their their eventual death, you know, mm-hmm. so I think really they they needed to realize maybe in doing those first few movies where anything allowed um and really rein it in to to protect each other, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: I had read somewhere that like whenever they start filming, like the Jackass movies are always like, Okay, this is the last one. So that's mm-hmm. why they always feel like they're all out because literally they uh, think this is the last one, we have to go all out.
1: Yeah. But it
0: never ends up being the last exactly. one. Exactly.
1: It pushes them to their to their extremes because they think it's gonna be the last the last bang. Mm-hmm and then you realize that it's not and it's just like what was the point of going all out you know what was the point of pushing myself that far you know yeah
0: <laughs> like steve shoving a fish up his butt
1: oh goodness the things i do <laughs> um
0: the next topic we have listed is for Spring Breakers
1: okay so I did a lot of a lot of research onto Spring Breakers and there's a lot of really interesting ideas about this movie Um, I think most significantly is this idea Mm -hmm. of um, the girls getting away with everything basically um, Mm -hmm. because they're Hot and blonde, um, and a lot of the. It's like it's like they're in, injecting themselves into a, an environment that not only is racially different, but like just mentally and financially different, um, in a way that comes off as like pretentious, almost, you know, because they they do end up getting away with everything. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting
2: um. is it kind of like the same thing in like Jag is like the, like the lack of self-awareness and I thought that was really interesting in Spring Breakers because like you see like four like these four girls and even the movie like it already just starts off like crazy off the rip because like you're seeing them like in this party like they're snorting stuff mm-hmm. they go and rob a chicken place with like water guns and so it's like you're already like just kind of thrown into mm-hmm. the like like, this, like, crazy world and then seeing, like, that, like, already, like, high progression and then, like, it even bursts when they're, like, in Florida doing all this crazy stuff again and then they're bailed out of jail by this random, like, Mm -hmm. rapper, God, if that's what you can call him, and then, like, just, they're, like, he's, like, come run away with me and live this life of crime, and I'm, like, okay, yeah, like, it's, like, where where does a correlation, like, come from and, like, kind of, like, what makes somebody just, I guess, like, and I think it is, like, the, the like, awareness, but, like, it being, like, a different environment from, like, their own. Mm-hmm. And being, like, oh, like, well, this looks
1: cool. Let's do it, too. Yeah, kind exactly. Exactly. Um, uh. I know
0: that another thing with that movie was that just the casting in general was controversial because, you know, you have Selena Gomez and Vanessa Hudgens mm-hmm. in these leading roles and both of them coming from Disney, like there's strep- set rules that Disney stars have to follow for like, they're supposed to appear innocent. And I know back in like, I think 2012, 2011, mm-hmm. some point in time between that, mm-hmm. yeah. Bella Thorne had got into an incident where because she wore a bikini on the beach, they thought it was too skimpy. And yeah. one of the executives literally looked at her in her face and said, Hey, like you're, be thankful you have such a big fan base. That we can't afford to fire you right now. Oh
1: my God. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because Spring Breakers came out in twenty twelve, so it's yeah. around that time yeah. that that would have been happening to her. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. But it's so weird because a lot of people were saying that like it was going to be controversial because of them being in it. But when I went to Common Sense Media and reading was like. I was reading actual parent reviews about it. They Mm -hmm. were saying, like, um, they're not Disney's channel stars anymore, and, like, they're doing good breaking out of their roles. Like, uh, people were praising them for them doing the film instead of being like, oh, I can't believe they would do this. Yeah.
1: It definitely, their background really contrasts with with what the movie is portraying, and maybe it's also... Because we can think of, like, the spring break that they want to go on as, like, them wanting to lose their innocence in a more violent kind of way, in a yeah. doing crime way. Um, and so I think having those Disney starters really emphasize um, just how drastic the change is from when they're just at the at the dorms doing a little illegal stuff, mm-hmm. and then from going to full-blown yeah. murder, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah and this uh, this one uh, article from the New Yorker suggests that the spring breakers um, they get not only the education of their life but college itself is a permanent vacation where privileged people say stay clear of the raw realities of America mm. how do y'all feel about that because because I think I can kind of get it, you know, instead of being thrown into the real world, you know, as they would say. College is kind of like,
0: we're adults, but we're fake adults. Exactly. Um,
1: And it is a privilege, you know, Um, um,
0: A lot of people I know who have been, like, raised in, like, strict households, it's like once you go to college, like, you go crazy, because mm-hmm. you don't know any better. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, it is a real, like, here's, like, the real world kind of thing. This is what it's like, but not really, in a sense. It's yeah. more, like, juvenile. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. like, there's
2: consequences, but not, like, to, like, it's, like, almost it was like, a... Like a prohibitance to like said consequences, mm-hmm. was like, cause like, like you said earlier, like in this movie, it's like mm. they really got away with a lot of stuff for, mm-hmm. for how that movie ended. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. it's real, but facing like lot, wow, like like life sentences, especially for us, like many people. They killed two at the end of the movie too. Yeah. So it's kind of like just like you kill all these people and then you just go back to college like everything. Exactly. I just, I just, yeah. How right. like, you continue like, and you just did all that.
1: Yeah, it gave me, like, this this idea of violence as being something consumable, like yeah. something that you just go do for fun, yeah, and then you and can you walk out unscathed, you know. Maybe you got a little hurt, you yeah. know, that one girl got shot yeah. um, in the back, and she left too, you know, but she was yeah. unscathed. Yeah. And that was another thing that I found really confusing about the movie or shocking. Um, I really thought that the girls were going to be victimized. Uh, yeah. And I was a little bit not... Upset that it didn't happen, but just confused, you know, because that wouldn't happen in reality Mm -hmm. Um, So I mean does this movie like set us up to to want them to to be victimized, you know? Um, I think that's really interesting how they play with the dynamics of the relationships, you know Because that it would not happen in real life Mm -hmm.
0: Because at the beginning of the movie, you kind of view them as, like, just girls who are, like, bored. Mm-hmm. Like, Faith, every every time she's on the phone with her grandma, she's yeah. always like, oh, this is a beautiful place. Like, you would love it here. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no date cocaine. I'm
1: finding myself. Yeah. And then by the
0: end of it, when the girls, like, old dude gets shot and they mm-hmm. keep going with the mission, it's yeah. like, oh, y'all just want chaos. This? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. It sort of is like an American dream. And this uh, one article was saying how their American dream is kind of different from like a black person's American dream. They mm-hmm. referenced Britney Spears and Beyonce mm-hmm. and how uh, at one point Britney Spears was wearing a shirt that said, I am the American dream, but stars like Beyonce have mm-hmm. never said like anything like, I'm living the American dream or anything yeah, like mm-hmm. that because it doesn't really what the American dream is doesn't really include her, you yeah, know. Because mm-hmm. um, in the movie, the girls are the ones who get away with everything. Yeah. Not not Alien, not um, the other gang leader. Um, it was like an Archie. Well, they Archie, killed yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they killed all of his people. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's just like a a real... I want to say like perversion of what the American dream is you know is it to be violent is yeah. it to be just chaotic and crazy you know mm-hmm. I mean if those girls are allowed it you know in that universe so it's, it's crazy <laughs> <laughs>
2: that ending really just kind of blew me so bad i was just like there's no way like it's like they're like they're giving this like monologue of Mm -hmm. like i've done all this crazy stuff and like now i'm going back to school and then my life will continue it's just like Mm -hmm. you just killed like 10 people exactly you killed 10 people and you ran around with this horrible rapper who's running this like drug trade and it's like there's just no way you think this is okay and i think it comes back to like that almost like distance of the tape like this Desensitization That comes from like Jackass too Like just like The violence Like you feel like You gotta do it You feel like You gotta get pushed Past the limit And then like Once you're done You just keep going
1: Yeah It's like how do you
2: Keep functioning Like that's a normal Thing to like act
1: I mean they had Already been preparing what, um, From the very beginning To do violent acts I just yeah. They just didn't have Access to the To guns I guess Real guns and firearms And once they do You know they kinda They start going crazy With it yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Um, the thing with those two characters, though, I forgot what their character names were, but like, they they had no remorse when they did what they mm-hmm. did. There was no like crying, like oh guilt, what I, what I just no. do.
1: Yeah.
0: It was just okay, yeah. Taking his car, yeah.
1: yeah. Time to go, yeah. Um, well, this article also mentions um, girl bosses, hustlers, and entrepreneurs with physiques hot enough for editorial are now the killers. You know, so. In a way, you know, if we go along with that girl boss mentality, we should really be rooting for them. You know, yeah. seeing women com- commit violence against men, I guess, can be satisfying in a way to some people. Yeah. Um, but you know, whenever you look closer, it's like who, who, who is the violence for? You know. Yeah. That too. Um, another really interesting note on spring breakers is the real reality of spring break in florida um articles from 2022 last year um mention the i don't know the word the collection of 75 illegal firearms um it's really interesting how this this person worded it as well saying this weekend this weekend could have very well resulted in tragedy of a law enforcement loss of life, a citizen's loss of life, and even a bad guy's loss of life. Mm -hmm. Which kind of made me think of what happened in the movie. You know, the the spring breakers came Mm -hmm. and killed somebody who lived there, you know, um, and disrupted what was going on there. Um, And even, Yeah, last year as well, there was also shootings happening that caused curfews uh, um, and this year in 2023, they are already preparing for spring breakers. Um, Police are patrolling, Ocean Drive and business owners owners say they feel more safe. and in Fort Lauderdale, they have alcohol tents, loud music, and you know other tomfoolery acts um, banned until April second. Dang. Yeah. So, so there are real spring breakers who go down there to to just really fuck up shit and then leave. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. They said, tear it up, get ghosts. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting how how these, like, controversial acts, you know, can just be seen as something fun, yeah. you know, that you should go do, and then you go back to your normal life.
2: I feel like a part of it, too, can, like, come from, like, media portrayal, too.
1: I'm mm-hmm. not a big
2: fan of being me, like, media, like, endures violence, but I feel like it's, like, at some point you kind of, like, recognize, just, mm-hmm. like, like I feel like Spring Breakers, like, in this sense would be a great film, it's, like, if seen, like, these kids you think oh violence is so cool we're gonna go do this and we're just gonna go back home like it's mm-hmm. normal and then you have like people in real life who do the same things like we're gonna go down to Florida where for like a week and then we're gonna tear stuff and then go back home like mm-hmm. it's just so normal like I haven't like mm-hmm. done all this horrible stuff so it's like at one point do you like maybe we should regulate not regulate or just almost like like kind of change how we show these things in media mm-hmm. and kind of stray people from like that kind of like desensitization of like of violence and like no, like there are consequences when you do these kinds of things you cannot get away with this
0: mm-hmm. This is making me think about um, the talk we had about menaceous society in class mm-hmm. where like at the end of the film even though he was doing good now like mm-hmm. his actions still caught up with yeah. him because mm-hmm. that's how the real world is supposed to be like yeah. even though they made the crime look very easy in society yeah. it still got back with him mm-hmm. yeah. but with spring breakers they walked out unscathed yeah
1: um I have a point you got it (laughs) (laughs) um oh yeah um in that same uh video that was talking about um how they're already preparing this year they're saying that they want to change that image um Mm. of like debauchery basically into something more family friendly Mm -hmm. and Probably won't happen, you know, for a very long time, you know. It's like it's
0: strange, cause like as you're growing up, when you're a child, thinking about spring break, it's like, oh
1: yeah, wake up school,
0: like I get mm-hmm. to go swimming, blah yeah. blah blah. But it's like once you hit like high school and college, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go get fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like that's what spring break is now. Just to be a delinquent, and then go. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm like me personally I think I would hate to live in Florida yeah so I can even imagine just chilling doing your regular everything everyday, everyday yeah. thing exactly really. some random white chick comes up flaps her titties like yeah. what do you do
2: it's like you're in your, your weird, favorite chicken you. store and she's robbing you with the a water gun. gun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, water gun. I was so convinced. I was like, oh, I was like, where did they get these guns? And then well, behold, they're like, oh, it's just water guns. yeah so it's like mm-hmm. that's even crazier to me. It's like the fact that you are able to pull that off. Yeah. With no real weapon. Like, it's like, what would you have done if the police caught you in good time?
1: Yeah. And I feel
2: I think that was a uh something else really unique about that movie too, is like kinda seeing like like how how they all like reacted when they did get locked up. It's all like mm-hmm. it's like they t- it's all like um like puppy, like like they're just like in the corner like coddled and then when they yeah. get out free it's like Oh, like you, you bail us out now. Let's just go eat shit. Exactly. Like, you know they've already
1: they got somebody to bail them out now, yeah. so mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. It's also interesting that yeah they get locked up, but not for any of the crimes they do, but for like the drug possession. Yeah. Was at mm-hmm. the so it's not even it does it has nothing to do with the violence. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a bad place, bad time. Yeah. yeah. I did enjoy during that movie, um,
0: Faith's character, because she cuz she kind of did like contradict. Like the other girls, mm-hmm, where she yeah. would be like, "What's going on?" Like, yeah. she was supposed only to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was a clown. Don't yeah, get me wrong, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but she at least had some sort of sense mm-hmm, to where yeah. she saw when stuff was going sideways. Just okay, yeah, I want to go home. Yeah, this yeah. isn't what we came for. Yeah,
2: and it kind of makes you think, like, if that if the other girl didn't get shot, she probably would have stayed herself. Mm-hmm, exactly, and it really just took her, like, being like, "Oh, this is real." Like, like it's almost like that mm-hmm. comes like it, like. That um like it caught up to her kind of thing is like mm-hmm. I got grazed my bullet now I'm freaking out I gotta exactly. go kind of thing. It takes mm-hmm. them feeling the
1: violence themselves yeah. Yeah. to realize that it's real, you yeah. know. That's
2: um, very
1: interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, just just very interesting how it kind of mirrors reality in some some sick and crazy way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and speaking about mirroring reality, I think we should start on *Raging
2: Bull*. what a great movie this was. <laughs> um, I actually really did enjoy this movie. Um, the way I looked at it, I broke it down in like, like three different like acts of violence. So, mm-hmm. uh, the first particular like kind of violence was like Jake in the ring, obviously. Um, and then like the insecurity of violence kind of break. So like when Vicky makes a comment about um am he's like, he's good looking, like. He loses his mind it's like why do you think he's good looking and then he goes crazy when they like go to find the ring he like messes up his face to which everybody's like well he's not pretty anymore um mm-hmm. and then it was i forgot what joey was talking about with Salvy and patsy i can't remember if it was like in regards to jake or it was like something to like vicky but like he gets pissed off and he starts fighting like mm-hmm. in the middle of um like the bar and then like at like the middle towards the end of the movie um jake had accused Vicky of sleeping with Joey mm-hmm. so then he starts beating up on Joey and then like so that was the second one and then like that kind of like overkill violence again like being like the boxing match is like when he messed up Janeiro and uh when he was fighting Robinson and Jake's whole thing was like nobody's gonna ever knock me down so like just like mm-hmm. seeing that overkill like he's like excessively like punching this man mm-hmm. and everybody's like oh my god like he's messing up Jake and it's just like yeah baby everybody's messed up yeah mm-hmm. um but in regards to that too it was like also like the domestic violence in this too. Mm-hmm. Um because a lot of like the reviews too and like what a lot of people were saying, um, what's interesting is like it though it is like a boxing movie, it's not really a boxing movie. Mm-hmm. Because you see a lot of the violence outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a person like Jake Lamotta um, being portrayed in the movie, you kinda see like the that like paralyzing like jealousy that he possessed. Um, because I looked at the article and was like, well, how did Mr. Lamana feel about this movie? And um, he was actually kind of particularly, like, excited in a sense to, like, have a movie made about him. Um, He helped De Niro um, train for the role. Mm -hmm. But when he watched it and actually sat down, he was very disturbed about it to the point he was like, he asked his wife, like, oh, like, was I really this bad? And she was like, you're actually worse Mm -hmm. than this. And so it kind of made him realize, like, oh, my God, like, like, I was beating with my wife, like, I was beating my brother, like, I really did all this kind of stuff. And it's very interesting that, that like, it, it made him realize when he had to see it from, like, another mm-hmm. point of view, like, how bad he actually was. Because, like, he wrote the book, and so, like, De Niro read it, so it's like, you, you kind of understand to a point, but it, it really took them, like, making the movie for you, like, oh my god, like, I
1: really am mm-hmm. this bad. Yeah, that that's what um I was wondering like the use of cinema to recognize one's own violent behavior. Yeah. Like just doing it you don't re- like you won't realize, you know, what you're doing, but I think seeing it and seeing it be portrayed like like in, you're separate from that and you yeah. have your morals with you, you yeah. know, and you're not in that rageful moment. You yeah. can really start to see the effects of your behavior, yeah. you know. And I, uh, on that note, it made me think like everybody, everybody who's done something shitty should have a have a movie made about yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll get them to realize. I think something
0: I found interesting about *Raging Bull* was, um, well, we all know the whole beef with his brother. Yeah, he didn't write about his brother in the book. Because they yeah. still have beef. Yeah. They still don't like each other. I think yeah. Robert De Niro had found out Buzz's brother through talking mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah. And with the whole thing about Becky and Joe, some people say they were, some people say they weren't. Yeah. Nobody will ever know yeah. except for those two. I'm pretty sure, like, I
2: think, I can't, I know that Lamada's actually dead, but I cannot remember if his brother had um passed as well. I think, I think they both are dead now. So it's kind of like those... You catch him in the afterlife. You might. Yeah. Like
1: yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> he's like A-O'd. What happened? Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. His brother died in twenty twenty. So, Loma, so Jake died twenty seventeen, and then three years later, his brother died. So, mm-hmm.
1: we'll
2: never know. Yeah. We'll generally never know.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Another question that movies like *Raging Bull* can um, propose is, like. Do participating in violent sports like this uh, make you more susceptible to violent behavior outside of the matches? Oh, definitely. And yeah, I was looking at some studies. Um, There's been research that shows men who participate in organized sports exhibit more aggressive behaviors in both athletic and non-athletic contexts. These behaviors include bullying, sexual violence, and physical aggression. and then this other article. This one interviewed students grades seven through twelve, and they did find a positive relationship between uh, doing sports for school and fighting on the field. With the strongest correlation being football players, who were forty percent more likely than non-athletes to be involved in a serious off-the-field fight, and wrestlers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just that idea of I think whenever people watch sports like boxing and wrestling, yeah. I think it can be a way to view violence in a controlled way. Yeah. You can believe that it's it's safe, but their research does show that it kind of can affect them in a way to where their violence that you you go and watch them for is used outside of the ring to hurt like their wives and stuff. Yeah. I was reading an article and uh, it said it was like talking about like his
2: was like paralysed in jealousy, but like also like the relationship he had like with Vicky too. Cause it said, like, it's something like it's about like he um I guess like my motto view like being a better boxer would come from like practicing like abstinence. So then that's, like, he would have his, like, sexual first because, like, you know, he want to do He's like, I need to mm-hmm. be a better boxer. And so, like, in doing that, like, that's why he also, like, took a lot of that out on Vicky, too, because, like, then he was, like, you know, holding her back. and yeah. her, like, her little sexual fantasies or whatever. Yeah. And so then it would just cause him to be, like, even anger and, like, take that out on her, which like, also, like, that insecurity, like, because he was also, like, very afraid of, like, her, like, even just looking at a man mm-hmm. in any kind of way that he didn't like, too. So it was really interesting that, like, he would even hold himself back from what he wanted just be a better boxer it's so like you could have still been a good boxer either way like he was pretty good yeah. from like almost like 41 to like 49 mm-hmm. so like eight years you had a good career you could have just not been a jackass the whole time
1: yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure on the truthness of this um but I think that um like Testosterone's in your sperm, you know, and yeah. so if if they come, it'll make them lose their testosterone before a match, and that's mm-hmm. the reason why they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wasn't he performing
0: absences like weeks ahead of a match though? Yeah. Was one of them like two
1: months or tripping? Yeah. I think
0: yeah.
1: So. Mm-hmm. so so it just it's a buildup of that. Not <laughs> I'm not trying to say testosterone makes mm-hmm. you aggressive, but. Yeah. It, it built up,
2: because <laughs> that's why it's like at some point he stopped practicing. Cause like he had kids. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, but I cannot remember. those, like I think that was like towards when he like he started like kind of coming out of it though. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, I'm like, hmm, it's really, um, really interesting. And it kind of sucked cause like they also like just described him as like being someone like you know he's a good boxer. Like, when he goes home, he tries to, like, pick those same fights. Mm-hmm. To which he was, like, you know, just viewed as, like, a, an always, like, ticking time bomb. So it's just kind of unfortunate that, like, he couldn't have that, like, grasp your it It's like, be violent because you're a boxer. But, like, mm-hmm. you keep that, like, at your job. Don't mm-hmm. bring that exactly. home. Exactly. And then, you know, wonder why your family hates you.
1: Yeah. Kind of bit. I mean, imagine how different his life would have been if he didn't go into boxing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Would he have been, you know, a happier person? Would he have been you know less violent violent against um his significant others you know there's no way to know that but it's interesting to speculate you know the effects of doing um violent sports because that's kind of what I talked about in the wrestler like yeah and after so much so much time uh spent doing that um it kind of feels like that's the only thing you got for you Um, so you just keep doing it yeah
2: which brings me to another point.
1: Even though we have not watched
2: it in class, I have seen this um on my own. You should I would really recommend watching the Taxi Driver even before we mm-hmm. do watch it. But it's one of uh, another one of Scorsese's works. It came out in seventy six so four years before they made Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. Um and that movie followed the character it seems like Travis Bickle, he was a Vietnam vet and he was like twenty six at the time, um, had like crazy insomnia, so he ended up like Taxi Driver comes from like him taking up the job of being mm-hmm. a cabbie and the connection between the two movies and they're like something completely different was like that same like that male protagonist um who was like very volatile and insecure because like Travis's whole thing was he's like I gotta like rid the world of like it's filth and whatnot like I gotta get all this stuff off the street so like the filth was like pimps um gang suckers drug dealers and Mm -hmm. all that and so he was like you gotta get rid of this um which then and then all of that he like like becomes obsessed with like um a girl that was working like at the presidential office or something like that mm-hmm. and it was going good until the second date he took her to like watch a porno in the theaters mm-hmm. and she was like yeah you're like out of your fucking mind like I gotta go yeah. and then after he that he become he became obsessed with like a 12 year old uh prostitute mm-hmm. um named Iris and so he was like trying to convince her to go back home to her folks but she was like no, so like that whole movie is just like he's just crazy as hell. He's trying to like assassinate like the president oh my gosh. And the whole oh my thing. Gosh. And so like that like descent into demanded like madness and like mm. that sense of like, I feel like society's decaying so I have to fix it. Um and so like I thought that was particularly interesting because like Vietnam vet, you know, you're thrown into that like that life of like violence in the same mm. way like you have a character like Jake Lamoto who's also, you know, both were portrayed by um De Niro. So you have that same character who's like not some like outwardly like I gotta fix the world but mm-hmm. he has that same kind of like corruption within himself and so like he's righting his wrongs or like trying to fight the right and wrong by like you know being violent at home because like I'm so insecure, my wife might run off with me or like mm-hmm. is my wife sleeping mm-hmm. with my brother. So like having that kind of same like paranoid like jealousy and, like ticking time bomb kind of like personality mm-hmm. was like really interesting to see with people who, you know, go into careers or careers or like jobs of violence and then cannot break that cycle from the job to home.
1: Exactly. It's kind of, it's very tragic in a way, especially with like veterans and stuff. Like if they were enlisted against their will or whatever, you know, they weren't, they may have not wanted to uh, enact that violence, but they were forced to. And in doing that, it desensitized them too. So I think that's a really good point. And I don't,
2: I don't, you, I don't know if they ever really like spoke, but I think he. I don't know if he enlisted or it was one of those. It's like, well, it's a, I don't know how Vietnam. I'm not the sure, but Vietnam. Yeah. I assume he kind of probably was just like, hey, it's war. You gotta go. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of thing, and then you know PTSD, and he's running around crazy. And uh, the other thing in that movie too was like he actually killed two people. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, there was like a pimp, and then I cannot remember who, uh the pimp, and then like the pimp of the twelve year old. Uh, because he ends up dying at the. In, spoiler alert but yeah he, he was not a good man yeah um, but um actually no he didn't die I lied JK I thought he died he didn't die <laughs> he didn't die he actually I thought he did and then that fool comes back I'm like oh he comes back and I was like what the hell I was like oh, oh my god interesting work Scorsese I like this really really particular so yeah it just kinda, it's just kind of it's kind of interesting that Scorsese like kind of makes these characters that like kind of, like, you know, they're different people, but they, they kind of connect in the same sense. Mm-hmm. And New York, he's got a, a particular interest with New York, because yeah. both are set in New York, too. And that's the thing with uh, Bickle, too, is, like, that, like, the, the K of, like, uh, New York at the time, and wanted to rid it of its filth. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, a character, like, um, LaMotta, who was in, like, that ethnic Italian, like, you know, surrounded by, like, that gang and that violence, the 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 sort of stuff that, like, Bickle hated and wanted mm-hmm. to, like, rid the streets of.
0: So, Yeah. Well, everyone, we've come to our time. Do we have any closing remarks?
2: Don't do
1: violence, kids. <laughs> violence, violence in movies often reflects the violence in reality. So yeah. just view it, view it with caution, and yeah. you know respect for the actual reality of the events.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Jackass always mm-hmm. says, don't do these stunts <laughs> at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you will stunt a good old sale yeah Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, again, at the end of our segment, I'm Larissa. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Dale. And this was DLR. See y'all next episode.
1: Awesome.